And I think the reason that he that Zuckerberg has not fired him is because Zuckerberg also like needs him. And Teal, you know, realizes that. I'm Scott McGrew. Welcome to Sand Hill Road. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As a personal favor to me, uh, if you would just say something completely bizarre. Is there I, anything left to say? Uh, lizards are running the government. <laughs> you know, just something, just something. <laughs> give, give, me, give me something here. That's me with some support from Sarah Lacey teasing venture capitalist Peter Thiel on the television show Press Here. You know, I, I don't think I've been saying things that are that bizarre. And you say that, that, that we have a bubble in education. Mm -hmm. This is not even a shocking thing to people anymore. Mm -hmm. Now, Peter might not think his ideas are bizarre, but I think everyone can agree he's quite contrarian, like paying college students to drop out of college, like aligning himself with Donald Trump. Good evening. I'm Peter Thiel. I build companies and I support people who are building new things from social networks to rocket ships. I'm Let me just, I'm, I'm, I recorded a couple bars. Let me just make sure it's working. Yeah. But. That's Max Chafkin, who has written a new book about Teal called The Contrarian. Okay, so I'm recording now. Um, we did, by the way, invite Peter to participate in this interview. We didn't hear back. Now, I'm guessing if you subscribe to this podcast, you know who Peter Teal is. If you don't, he invented PayPal, along with a few others, and was one of the first investors in Facebook. He's still on the board at Facebook. You also may have seen Peter depicted as the fictional and socially awkward Peter Gregory on the equally fictional HBO comedy Silicon Valley. So we need 15 million now or we'll have to shut down. Have any of you ever eaten at Burger King? Do you see this? The Junior Whopper? No, not the sandwich. This seed atop the breading. Those are sesame seeds. A high number of these breadings have sesame seeds on them. He's depicted by uh, the character Peter Gregory. Do you think, how much of that do you think they got right? 
So it, it's very interesting. I mean, the Peter Gregory character in Silicon Valley is the best, it right? Is. It's a, such yeah. a good character. And, you know, that there's a scene um, where he's sort of like, uh, it looks like he's encountering a McDonald or a Burger King uh, quarter pounder with cheese for the first time and is like studying the sesame seeds. And it's just this incredibly sweet, um, uh, but, and somewhat caustic portrait of, of a kind of socially awkward, you know, genius. Over the next half hour or so, we're going to learn things about Peter Thiel a lot of people didn't know, like about the time he started a magazine about NASCAR. Weirdly enough, I want to start with NASCAR. <laughs> Love it. NASCAR. What in the world does Peter Thiel have to do with NASCAR? So, a uh, little known fact, uh, you know, Peter Thiel, best known as the founder of uh, PayPal, Palantir, first investor of Facebook, uh, major backer to, to Donald Trump, you know, huge figure in Silicon Valley. Um, back in the early aughts, uh, back after he sold PayPal and he was kind of maybe getting his, you know, just getting his feet as a, as a, as a billionaire, um, he started a NASCAR magazine. And, uh, yeah, and, and uh, it was, I actually have the magazine here at this, so that, like, the title is escaping me, but I can look it up right now. Yeah, take your time. <laughs> uh, yes, okay, so so yes, Peter Thiel started a magazine called American Thunder. And now this is a different era, right? Magazines were- um, A thing. Kind of <laughs> a thing back then, uh, you know, the glory days. Uh, and uh, as, as a magazine writer, you know, it kind of breaks my heart. Uh, uh, but uh, but needless to say, the, the magazine didn't didn't do super well. Peter Thiel did not prove to be a, an amazing um, NASCAR publisher. Uh, yeah, the New York Times said uh, at the time that Peter Thiel would not know Richard Petty if Petty ran over him. And the but the funny thing is, I think there's a there's actually something there, and it's kind of cool that you started there because one of the reasons Thiel you know started the NASCAR magazine was this idea that you know there was a cultural there was something cultural that was happening that the mainstream media didn't appreciate. Um, uh, the, some of the people that he hired for this magazine were kind of you know politically right. He was already back then trying to sort of um, you know move the culture in a direction that that he wanted, which is a more conservative direction. And he was doing it in this kind of totally weird and unexpected um, way, uh, especially for a technologist, you know, starting a NASCAR magazine. So you have this like NASCAR magazine that's publishing these kind of like political screeds and, and you know, and he, they don't, these guys don't know that much about cars and it, and it failed, but there was something there. And I, and so it, it is kind of like one of the first uh, uh, attempt of this Silicon Valley guy to, to sort of affect the broader culture. The NASCAR thing is more than an amusing anecdote. There's a metaphor there. Teal, arguably part of the elite, dipping his toes in middle America and populist pursuits. We cannot afford to be so politically correct anymore. One of the most peculiar aspects of Peter Thiel, and again, where some people who've never heard of him may have heard of him, is his association with Donald Trump. Uh, you write the two of them. They are, in almost every respect, polar opposites. Trump, the libidinous New Yorker, incapable of preserving an inner monologue, and Teal, the introverted citizen of three countries whose every utterance is measured and qualified. 
Yeah, they they are really so different, and yet um, they do. They also have a lot in common, and um, and that's that's what I think really surprised people about the you know Teal's endorsement of Trump in 2016. And I, a lot of people don't appreciate. You know, it all kind of happened so fast, um, and it's sort of hard to remember. But w- he hadn't donated to Trump when he gave the speech at the, at the convention. He went to the Republican convention. And he gave a very short but but very good speech in prime time that was noteworthy because it was the first time that um, uh, that that a gay person had been on stage at the RNC and had acknowledged their sexuality. Of course, every American has a unique identity. I am proud to be gay. I am proud to be a Republican. But most of all, I am proud to be an American. So it was a you know kind of a boundary breaking moment, and also and pretty different because like the last time um, a, a gay person had been on stage, they had been kind of booed, you know, and and this time everyone cheered, and it was you know it it, it was like uh, it was like a, an expression of this kind of like new Republican Party, maybe um, maybe we're being a little optimistic there, but um, but anyway, he hadn't donated until October. He donated seven days after or thereabouts after the Access Hollywood tape dropped, and basically everybody else. Had written off uh, Donald Trump's candidacy. Many people in the in the press, especially, had written off Donald Trump's candidacy. Teal, uh, instead of running away, which is what a lot of Republicans were doing at the time, kind of ran towards that controversy. And so, in that sense, it was this. It was a contrarian investment, and that's kind of his thing. He, you know, he's an investor. He's like buying a, a low stock, and and in that sense, it was like a very. It was like a very clever move because it, it got him like a lot of credibility with conservatives at what I would argue is a kind of a low price. Um, but it isn't just an investment because I think Trump in a lot of ways, despite their kind of stylistic differences, there are parts of the Trump ideology that are almost, that are really, really similar to the Teal ideology. And that's something like, uh, you know, a lot of people don't appreciate either. Um, Teal, before he uh, started PayPal, started this, you know, activist conservative newspaper at Stanford, the Stanford Review. And the Stanford Review was uh, basically all about provocation. It was kind of like the alt-right before the alt-right. Um, and, you know, they, they were very controversial. It was all about kind of, um, you know, getting the goat of the, of the you know, basically like trolling the libs right, of right. the 1980s. Um, and, and, and Teal wrote a whole book about uh, political correctness and this idea that you can't say what you really want to say anymore. And like that was uh, at its core kind of the message of Donald Trump's candidacy. And I think in some ways, you know, that that was part of the appeal. Uh, Trump as a as a quote unquote disruptor. Um, I think people um, assume when like tech people talk about disruption, they mean it, you know, metaphorically. And then sometimes they mean it metaphorically, like as a way to take some market. But I think Somebody like Teal actually values disruption in the more literal meaning. The like, let's shake things up and see what happens. Well, you have to shake things up pretty, pretty much in order to do something of consequence. And I have shaken things up. And I think there was some of that um, going on with with Trump. Teal's also, you know, uh, an immigration hawk. Somebody who had been involved in, despite being an immigrant. I mean, this is a, 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 a something that's p- perhaps in, in conflict, but. Um, he, despite being an immigrant, had been donating to these far-right organizations that are all about limiting immigration. Donald Trump, of course, um, that was a core part of his appeal. Tonight, roaming free to threaten peaceful citizens. 
So despite the stylistic differences, there were there were things in common. And then I think Teal, you know, very savvily realized number one that Trump had a chance. Number two that he could become very influential in Trump's circle by by taking a little bit of a risk. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. You mentioned that Teal buys Trump stock at an all-time low right after the Access Hollywood tape comes out. Uh, Regardless of anyone's opinion of Trump, I think we can all agree that a vast majority of people who associated themselves with Trump found out in the end it was a net negative for their image and their career. Was it a net negative for Peter Teal? Nope. (laughs) I think I, I would argue that Teal is the guy who played Donald Trump played that that kind of game better than any of the other kind of um uh, hangers on hangers on I'm trying to find a nice way of putting it um but yeah i mean i think you, there was this you you you're picking you're pointing out something really really crucial which is that m- almost everybody who kind of uh, tried to ingratiate themselves uh with trump wound up uh, getting basically embarrassed humiliated cast aside uh you know trump demanded um like a level of loyalty and was so erratic that he tended to kind of embarrass people and or or people would be so thrown by this that they would then just kind of like self-immolate. Teal, um, in some ways, uh, didn't do super well in the um in the transition. I think he he came in, he had a lot of influence. He 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 sort of allied himself with Steve Bannon and kind of the alt-right faction of of Trump world. And those guys kind of lost. I mean, Bannon mm-hmm. um was pushed out. Uh, you know, six months after uh, the administration started, Teal didn't get all that many people, um, uh, you know, into the, you know, whatever, into the into the White House. Um, but he also kind of was able to maintain distance from Trump, at, you know, as Trump's presidency started to fall apart. So Teal didn't endorse Trump. He continued to support Trump, um, continued to kind of, you know, definitely be aligned with the, the the sort of Trumpy faction of the Republican Party, but managed to kind of like not be tarnished by um, uh, the last year of Trump's presidency, which, you know, kind of, uh, I, I think, again, I don't think this is a controversial, controversial statement, but kind of devolved into scandal. And, yeah. you know, there were, there were the pandemic, um, the the kind of the impeachment, the January 6th, et cetera. The other impeachment, Teal, yes. Yeah, exactly. Second impeachment. Seal kind of missed all that. He didn't, he didn't get take responsibility for it. And then coming out of the Trump presidency, you know, let's look at the results. The results are his net worth has has exploded. Now, some of that has to do with just 
the stock market and the fact that everybody's everybody who owned equities, you know, did very well. Um, but 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 not all of it. I mean, Teal, a big part of Teal's wealth comes from Palantir. Um, Palantir ha- is a government contractor, biggest customer is the U.S. government. It had a very good, very good four years um, under Donald Trump. And obviously, you know, that doesn't mean that Teal bought influence or something like that. I mean, obviously they're, you know, there's, right, people can argue about it, but I think what, and and Palantir for sure will say, no, 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 this had nothing to do with um, with our political connections. Um, but of course, government contracting is inherently political and it, it, it can't sure. hurt. And so, and, and so he did very well. And he, and so, so that's on the kind of money side, his net worth has, has, has exploded. It's gone up a lot. Um, and then on the, um, and then on the political side, right now he's got, um, he is sort of positioned himself as one of the key sort of power brokers of the sort of Trumpist wing of the Republican Party. So two candidates right now, uh, two, 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 the two main ones, one of them is Blake Masters, who's running for Senate in Arizona in the Republican primary. And Teal's donated 10 million bucks to him. And J.D. Vance, uh, who's, you know, kind of best known as the guy who wrote Hillbilly Elegy, uh, but who also happened to work for Peter Thiel, uh, one of Peter Thiel's venture capital firms, uh, and who Thiel has donated 10 million bucks to him. And both those guys are running as, you know, basically Trumpist true believers. Like the, the, the mainstream Republican Party has been, you know, bad to Donald Trump. We need to crack down on, um, on the big tech companies, kind of an interesting uh, bit of tension there. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and of course, these are like the exact beliefs that Peter Thiel espouses. They, they are in, in a lot of ways. I mean, of course, they're their own people. And I don't think, again, I don't think it, it's, nece- it's entirely about the money, but I think they are in some ways extensions of him. Blake Masters in particular, kind of Thiel's right-hand man for the last 10 years. Um, and, and I think there's a pretty good chance he'll win the Republican nomination. J.D. Vance is uh, in maybe a slightly more competitive election, but both of them could win. And so there's, there's a chance that they both, that the Teal will have more influence in 2022 and 2024 than he did in 2015. And, and I think it's hard to, it's, there are not too many other people who are in that Trump inner circle who, who can really say that e- even if Trump is on the ballot, like a lot of those people have been sidelined. Um, so, so yeah, I think he's come out um, way, way ahead of where he was in say 2015. And I think you have to look at that investment um, as, as a, as a good investment, whether or not it was good for America is something that, you know, political people can debate and will debate. Now, when the right attacks Facebook, He's on the board at Facebook. He is Facebook. You actually wrote that Zuckerberg is the ultimate teal acolyte. Yeah. Well, and that's that's the one of the big mysteries, and this comes up in the book, and um, is like why why is he still on that board? Um, and you know, if I'm Mark Zuckerberg, and I hear uh, JD Vance, a a prominent. Uh, a politician who wrote a best-selling book, who has a Ron Howard movie, uh, you know, made like J.D. Vance has a big, uh, big political pl- uh, megaphone saying that, you know, Facebook is terrible. And, uh, you know, in an interview, he was asked about Peter. Uh, what, what does Peter think about this? And, and Vance said, you know, I think correctly that, that Peter's, you know, has problems with big tech. Um, and, and Mark Zuckerberg 
you know, I, I, it's hard to understand like why he doesn't say like, hey, Peter, you know, you're off the board. And I, I talk about this in the book. There have there been a, a series of other incidents over the years where he has been funding or supporting or providing, you know, at least tacit support to, to, to basically a bunch of people who's, who have made it their business to make Facebook's life terrible. Yes. And I think, I think the reason that he, that Zuckerberg has not fired him um, is Which Zuckerberg because- has the power to do. Zuckerberg has, absolutely. has yeah, the he controls the board. stock in Facebook. Um, is because Zuckerberg also like needs him. And Thiel, you know, realizes that. So, so, you know, Facebook has political vulnerabilities. They don't, Facebook does not want to be the MSNBC of social networks. They want to be, you know, the social network for everybody. They, you know, they don't want to be, yeah, like they don't want to be seen as the left social network or the right social ne- network. They want to keep everybody happy because that's the way to be the biggest company they could possibly be. And and if they, and 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 so having Peter Thiel prominent conservative and not just a prominent conservative, not like a soft centrist conservative, but a hardcore, you know, buddies with Steve Bannon, back Donald Trump conservative, that gives them, you know, a lot of, you know, that gives them a lot of cover with the right. When, when, when Tucker Carlson comes after them, Peter Thiel is a very powerful kind of shield um, to protect them. Think about it just for a second. Mark Zuckerberg is not simply censoring opinions. He's prescribing which political opinions you're allowed to have. And so what he's what he's doing, what he's achieving here is, you know, number one, he's able to kind of to play both sides. And number two, I think he's he's managed to push Zuckerberg and Facebook, you know, to the right and 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 to to make sure that Facebook takes the concerns of conservatives seriously. And so in that sense, he's also valuable to conservatives his his presence on the facebook board you could argue is good even if if you're a even if you're a facebook hating you know trump loving rumble user or something having peter thiel there is good because it it it's pushing mark zuckerberg you know maybe not maybe mark zuckerberg's not going to like you know go on tucker anytime soon but he's going to be more open to those concerns and I, and I think you see that play out in the way that facebook you know has related to um the right over the last four years. There was a huge controversy in 2019 where Trump's campaign was running ads that were, you know, basically lying about Pelosi um, and, uh, uh, you know, the House Speaker. And uh, Zuckerberg refused. As the, the Democrats were saying, you got to take these ads down. Zuckerberg said, no, I'm not going to take them down. In fact, I'm going to give this speech all about the importance of, you know, free speech and, and the, like, basically these libertarian values. These are, these are Peter Thiel's, values, basically. So the title of your book is The Contrarian. Jeff Bezos, who has infinitely more success and money than Peter, uh, points out contrarians, people who go against conventional wisdom, are usually wrong. Is Peter Thiel usually wrong? I mean, that's a great, I mean, such a cutting, um, you know, Bezosism. Like, you gotta, you just gotta respect, uh, you know, the wit of, uh, of, of, of Jeff there. Um, I think that Usually wrong. I I don't know. I mean, I I I think when you talk about these kind of out there statements that Teal makes, like those are are usually wrong. I think the kind of the 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 secret though to somebody like him is that he's probably not as out there as people think, and and like he's got he's he's managed to like you know craft this you know, brand uh, uh, as being a, a great risk taker. But of course, he's actually, he's not quite as, he's a little bit more cautious than you might realize. You know, he, uh, one of the things that's 
um, probably prevented him from being as rich as somebody like um, Jeff Bezos is that he sold his Facebook stock really early. Um, he he wanted out. He wanted to you know bank those winnings um, before something bad could happen. And and, he, and that pattern has played out um, over a bunch of times in his career. He's somebody who. Um, who, when he has a win, he tries to cash in. And so that also kind of cuts against the the sort of Silicon Valley mythology. I mean, it shows that you can be successful in the tech industry um, without really embracing any of the kind of normal, what we think of as like the normal, stereotypical, um, you know, uh, keys to, to tech success. And so in that sense, he's he's a contrarian. And, and I think I don't know. I think he's he's definitely been wrong a lot of times, and, <laughs> well, but he's also been right too. Right. So in it's Silicon hard to know. Valley, you only have to be right a couple of times. Yeah, and I mean, there are there have been these like amazing failures, and and one that I talk about in the book, and and it's kind of a a, a, a piece of history that's mostly been lost, especially in the tech world, is that Teal, of course, was this very successful hedge fund manager in the nineteen, uh, sorry, in the two thousands, and he was way ahead, you know. 2008, he was the first half of 2008, just, you know, crushing it like the hottest guy on Wall Street. And, um, and he actually called the, the housing bubble correctly. He, he was right. He saw it coming. And, um, and, and there, there's anecdotes in the book. They're all worried about bank failures. They were starting to take cash out of the banks and, you know, maybe we need to buy gold. And they, they basically got the, the, the sort of big picture idea um, right, but but the execution was bad because uh, they weren't able. They tried to sort of time their trades. Uh, the market crashed. They tried to kind of like buy some stock to ride the ride the bounce back. They were wrong about you know they they just kind of like overthought it. And so it shows like you can be you can be right uh, directionally or something, um, but but not still not profit from the the you know the the thing that you that you do. But, um, but I don't know. I mean, I think he's pretty successful. I mean, uh, obviously Jeff Bezos is, has a lot of, has more billions, but I mean, anybody who's in the billions, like you have to, <laughs> you got to kind of, uh, you know, assume they're getting it right some of the time. Max Chafkin, reporter at Bloomberg Businessweek and author of The Contrarian, Peter Thiel and Silicon Valley's Pursuit of Power. Hulk Hogan, you're going to get the ultimate sentence on the island of One more thing before we go. The story of Peter Thiel's legal support for wrestler Hulk Hogan in a lawsuit against Gawker Media has been well documented, so we didn't do it here. It's a bizarre story of revenge dished out by Thiel. My opinion, Gawker got what it deserved. But Thiel's quest gives some journalists pause when they're writing about him. I asked Max about that. I won't get in deeply to the Gawker thing, but friends have asked you, aren't you worried he's going to come after you, Max? I am think that the answer to that question is, is yeah. Although I think basically that would be true no matter who I was writing about. Sand Hill Road is produced by Sean Myers under the leadership of Sarah Bueno and Stephanie Adruni. For more interviews with Silicon Valley's most influential entrepreneurs, check me out on TV at Press Here. That's Sunday mornings on NBC Bay Area and everywhere in the world on iTunes and at PressHereTV.com.